Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Press On podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. I want us to look in Genesis chapter 4 about the story of Abraham and Eleazar. But first, I want to pass along a story to you, a true story that I felt was very uh, inspirational. Uh, In the 1840s, there was a pastor by the name of John Getty who left his church that he was pastoring in Canada, and he took his wife and two small children on ships uh, uh, headed for the South Sea Islands to begin a missions work there. After traveling on the ship more than 20,000 miles, they finally arrived in the New Hebrides Islands and uh, began the work. Now, this island chain uh, was filled with cannibals, and just before the Gettys family arrived, there were about 20 British uh, sailors that had been captured, killed, and had been cannibalized uh, there in, on the islands that they were finally uh, arriving at. So they arrived, they settled down, and they began facing the difficult task of learning a language, but a language that had no written form, and they were doing so under the constant threat of being killed. Slowly at first, a few converts, one here, one there, kind of came along, and then soon a few more began receiving the gospel. Uh, John continued his ministry faithfully in uh, the light of many, many challenges uh, and began translating the entire Bible into this new native language, and, and he ultimately planted 25 churches and for many of those years, he labored faithfully without, uh, with, with little help or little word from back home, yet he knew that God was always faithful to his servants. So this today, this day, in the church there that he planted, uh, in the pulpit of the church, there is a plaque that stands in Pastor John's honor that reads this, when he landed in 1848, there were no Christians here. And when he left in 1872, there were no heathen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I thought that's such a wonderful, inspirational story. My friends, wherever you arrive, there are heathens. Wouldn't it be wonderful to say that when you leave, there's none? Uh, What a great story. And without faithfulness to God, this is the title uh, uh, or the focus of this podcast is we're going to look at... uh, the servant Eliezer's example of faithfulness. Without faithfulness uh, to God, there can really be no Christian life. Christianity is based first on putting our faith in God uh, and trusting who He is, and then only through Jesus Christ receiving forgiveness uh, and and receiving salvation. Then we begin to live a life of faithfulness, uh, which is a commitment to adhere to God and to His true Word and to let his laws and his words reign supreme in our lives. And I think that uh, surely we can say the most significant uh, element in our Christian life is faithfulness to God. Uh, Now, in the days we live, uh, we're unsure what's going to happen next. Trouble and trials and changes almost daily are happening around the globe. We know there's wars and famines and economic collapses and upheaval in nature. I mean, there's just an endless list. However, we still are called to be faithful to God. And by being faithful to God, we actually begin 
to be able to live uh, with great peace and assurance that will be brought through every trouble and trial uh, by his promise uh, promises of blessing us and and ultimately the reward of eternal life in heaven. As I was considering faithfulness, I don't know how your brain works, but my brain works sometimes by learning uh, truths from some things that are false. So let me explain it this way. I want to sh- share quickly about three falsehoods about our labors for Christ, uh, and, and yet we can learn valuable lessons from them. First, in Genesis chapter 4, you can read the story about Cain, and it mentions that Cain brought an offering of fruit to the Lord, uh, but God did not respect Cain's offering, and Cain became very angry at him. And God said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, uh, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And uh, it says then, God says, so now you, Cain, are cursed from the earth. One of the things that I see about this life of Cain is that there is a false idea that our works uh, can make us righteous, and automatically we gain God's favor. Uh, This is not true. Uh, Faithfulness requires our work, but our work is more of a fruit than it is uh, something meritorious that we would do to gain God's favor. So that's a false idea. Works do not make you righteous, and works do not gain uh, God's favor. The second one I thought about was this man Nimrod. Uh, His name in uh, Hebrew means rebel. Um, Probably some have maybe heard the name Nimrod, but maybe you don't know much about him. But he was the great-grandson to Noah, and you can read about him in Genesis chapter 10. Uh, Noah, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, Nimrod uh, says three times in Genesis 10 verses 8 through 10 that he was a mighty one. He was a mighty warrior. Three times it says, mighty, mighty, mighty. And, uh, and in that might, in that strength and ability, he began, it says, to begin his kingdom uh, of uh, Babel. Uh, and he says, come and let us build a city and let us build a tower and make a name for ourselves. And uh, God spoke and said, come and let us, the Father, Son, Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, let us go down and we'll confuse their language. I find here another false idea about work in that our leadership skills, uh, abilities, power, influence uh, alone can bring us success in God's eyes and in God's kingdom. What a false uh, idea. Uh, Leadership skills, power, that cannot of itself stand alone and bring you into success. Uh, and then I thought of Lot. We know Lot, uh, the nephew of Abraham, but in Genesis chapter 12, uh, we can find that it says that Lot went with uh, Abram. In, verse, in chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Lot who went with Abram. Uh, and then it says in verse 11 that Lot chose for himself the plain of Jordan. He chose the best land, and then what happened? That they separated. Lot separated from uh, Abram, Abraham. What do we find here? The false idea is that we can advance simply by being associated with truly blessed people. Lot here 
was a carpetbagger. Here he was mooching off the uh, life of Abraham. He went with him, he went with him, he went with him, and then he took the best. The idea that uh, we can advance in our lives simply by being associated with true people. So those are three, uh, I would say, false ideas that we can learn about our labors. Now, I want to bring you to Genesis uh, chapter 15 and give some background, because we're going to look at Eleazar and his example of faithfulness. Now, I wish so much that we had time to read um, this whole chapter, but let me just briefly give you the background. Abraham is old, and he's in his life. Now he's been personally enjoying the covenant blessings of God. I think he remembers uh, seeing the pain of his uh, son Ishmael uh, and, and, and being married to the ungodly women of Egypt uh, in, in Genesis 21. So Abraham knows and he wants better, and, and, and he knows that it's God's will for something better for the promised son, Isaac, who's 13 years younger than Ishmael. And so he assigns the task to Eleazar of going to get a God-approved wife for Isaac, and the wife must come from their original country and, and family line. Uh, in this story, there's a type, a shadow, if you will. Abraham represents God. Isaac represents Christ the Son. Eleazar represents the faithful servant. And the assignment that Abraham, God, gives to Eleazar, the faithful servant, the, the believer, the Christian, is to uh, get a bride, uh, to, to go out into the world and to get a bride for the promised son. And uh, there's connections uh, to the story, to our lives. Uh, now, Eleazar, his name basically means God is my help. And in chapter 15, Abraham is talking with God, and uh, God tells Abraham, don't be afraid. I'll be your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And Abram kind of speaks back to God and says, but I, I don't have a child. You've not given me a child. Um, my, the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Um, you've got, not given me an offspring. But God said to Abraham, this is uh, Eleazar will not be the heir of your house, but one who comes from your own body. Now, from this, we find that Eleazar was apparently born and raised into the house of Abram by another unnamed servant uh, originating from Syria. Eleazar, however, over a period of time, his life really, had become the head servant in Abram's house, and all that Abraham uh, owned was under the control of Eleazar. He placed a tremendous value and honor upon uh, Eleazar, and no doubt because he had shown himself faithful. And so let me just summarize this story. You'll read it in Genesis chapter 24. The Lord had blessed Abraham, Abraham in many things, and he wanted to take, he wanted Eleazar to go into the country uh, of his, back into his own home country, and not take a wife from the heathen nations, but from the Israelites, and to get a wife for Isaac. And so uh, he assigns this task. Eleazar puts his hand under the thigh of Abraham to swear an oath, to be in agreement. I'm going to do it no matter what. I'll faithfully execute what you've asked of me. And he takes uh, his uh, master's uh, 
camels and fills them full of goods, and he heads out, and uh, he goes out to the city, and he, he's, Eleazar is talking with God, and he cries out, O Lord God of my master Abraham, give me success today. Uh, let the one that I ask for a drink, when, when I ask this woman for a drink, let her response be, well, I'll give water to your camels as well. It was, it was his way of asking like a sign, show me a sign. And sure enough, as they're, he, he, he's speaking this to God, here comes Rebecca. Of all the women, here comes Rebecca. Perfect timing, divine timing. And so Eleazar comes and says, would you give me a drink from your water pitcher? And of course she said, well, drink, and yet I'll also draw water for your camels. So he immediately wondered, this is it. I just asked God. I've gotten this reply from this woman. Uh, and she ends up saying, would you come to my father's house? He'll give you lodging. So Eleazar goes into the home of Bethuel, and there he meets Rebekah's family. And they, they're sitting talking, and uh, Eleazar repeats the story. Abraham sent me, and here's what I'm doing. He goes through the whole story again with her family. And they receive him. They hear the story. They bear witness to it. Uh, her brother Laban and her father Bethuel say, this thing is from the Lord. And so here is Rebecca. She's before you. Take her. Take her back to your master. She can be the wife of his son. And uh, Eliezer hears these words and he just begins to worship the Lord. Uh, the story goes on where they call Rebecca in as these men have been sitting and discussing this, and uh, they lay this out to Rebecca, and Rebecca says, I'm willing to go. And so they leave and come back, and as they uh, come back into the land where Abraham was, uh, they see, uh, Rebecca sees in a distance someone working in the field. The man comes, it's Isaac. They meet. Uh, she unveils herself, and uh, Isaac brings her into his mother Sarah's tent. Uh, they're married. They become, she becomes his wife, and the Bible says simply, Isaac loved her. What a wonderful story. Uh, there's so much there that we could unpack, but I'm, I'm trying to focus here on the faithfulness of Eleazar. Remember, this, uh, he's a servant in the house of Abraham. Beloved, you and I are servants in the house of God. We've, we've each been given a task, a calling, a ministry, a point of serving God to reach others, to bring others into God's house. But I saw some steps or some, some uh, an itemized list, if you will, from uh, Eliezer that I just found so impactful, and I want to take these last few minutes and share them with you. Again, these are things that I saw in the life of Eleazar as he lived, as he honored Abraham, and as he executed this one huge task. First, Eleazar focused on obedience rather than the blessings of any potential inheritance. Now, and these these several items I'm going to list, I really want to expand on them, but I'm just going to have to speak them out and believe that you'll you'll think through and maybe pray through some of these things. Eleazar was given a task. He focused on being obedient more than what he's going to get out of any potential inheritance. He also uh, believed Abraham's word 
of assurance that God would support him in life and mission. As he was going out, he had an assurance in him, no matter what, God is going to take care of me in my life and in any further uh, works of faithfulness. Next, he was fully committed to the task despite any obstacle or opposition. Now, that wasn't an easy task. It wasn't like getting on the phone or getting on the internet, FaceTiming. No, he had to pack the camels and walk and for, for a long time, a long ways in the temperatures and enduring things. Uh, but he was fully committed to the task. Faithfulness requires a commitment to the task regardless of any obstacles and op- oppositions. Also, he took an oath to finish the task because he had expectations of success. How many times you and I, in our faithfulness to God, we, we lose sight of the fact that we should be expecting success rather than just hoping for it, kind of shooting in the dark. Eleazar was set his heart to finish the task, and he was fully expecting the favor and the blessings of God. You read the story, he was praying and asking God, give me a sign, give me your favor, show me the way, make it clear to me. Next, he used the blessings that were provided by Abraham, these provisions and gifts. He used the blessings he received in the context of the mission not to expend them upon himself. I think this is, we live in a blessing-centered Christian context. Christians go around, all we can think about is we are blessed, we want to get blessed. What's another blessing? I need more blessings. But Eleazar's faithfulness can teach us that every blessing that God has given us today, we should use in the context of the mission that he's given to us. You know, look at the provisions and the gifts as ways to be empowered to fulfill every task, not to consume them upon ourselves. Next, we can learn that uh, from Eleazar, because he took the task even when he had to go into the enemy's territory, and he did it without fear. <laughs> he was given a task to go out into the world and to find a wife. We are given a task to go into the world, the enemy's territory, and to live and to, to speak the things of Christ, complete the task of our serving to God, and to do it without fear. What a wonderful, wonderful example Eleazar gives us. Next, he shows us that he humbly positioned himself uh, in everyday mundane situations. As I said, he humbly uh, went out with these camels and all the provisions. Uh, he, he humbled himself before God, show me uh, the, the right woman at the right time in the right way. He humbly said to the woman, would you give me a drink? He humbly went into the uh, home of Rebecca and uh, was entertained by them. Everyday mundane things, everyday routines should not crush our faithfulness. We shouldn't lose sight of the fact that there's success uh, right on the other side of these mundane activities, and we approach these routine mundane things with humility. Next, he showed this humility because he prayed to God for the success and blessings, not of himself, but for Abraham and for Isaac. He humbly worked on his task in order to bring uh, and honor and see the success of others. 
Next, he looked expectantly for a sign of God's supernatural leading beyond the natural realm. Oh, God, of all the places I could go, of all the people I meet, would you, oh, God, show me the right woman for, uh, for Isaac? Uh, he was looking expectantly for a sign from God. Next, he didn't hesitate to run by faith at the slightest sign of favor. When, when he asked the woman, you give me a drink, she said, here, drink, my Lord, but also will bring water for your camel. He didn't sit back and began to think, well, is this the one? She doesn't look like what I thought. Well, that was really too fast. I thought I'd have to go through and interview several. This is the, no, no. He just immediately, without any hesitation, by faith, went uh, uh, at this sign of favor, moving forth, believing that it was God's will. He also waited in silence to discern fully God's miracle. He was praying, show me, but he had to wait. He had to continue to move until he got to the place where he was able to engage with this woman, now known as Rebecca. He had to wait. He prayed, but he had to wait for the timing, and he was discerning what is God saying. He also recognized God's blessing, and he worshiped before it was fully realized. The father said, the father and the brother said, hey, this thing you're telling us, the story, how it unfolded, it has to be the Lord. But he uh, waited uh, to, to uh, I'm sorry, he recognized God's blessing. And the Bible says there in the house of uh, uh, Bethuel, he began to worship the Lord. He was worshiping the Lord even before Rebekah had agreed to, to, to the deal. Uh, and many times we have to do that. We have to say, God has blessed us. This is a sign. I sense it. I discern something of God in this. And we begin to worship him even before the prayers have been fully answered, before we realize things. And then Eleazar always knew and remembered who he was in the master's house. Oh, yes. He, he knew and remembered. He, he was the servant under Abraham. We, too, have to remember our lives, our activities, our work, our missions, our ministries, that we are servants in the house of God. We're not the boss. We can't deviate from the task. We can't bring in alternative means and methods. We have to humble ourselves and remember who we are and that we serve God uh, out of a heart of faithfulness, out of a heart of love. He also uh, Eliezer, his task uh, and successful efforts were recognized by others as from God. All the work that Abraham uh, had assigned Eliezer, he executed it in such a way before God that when he sat in the tent of Bethuel, they heard what Eliezer had said. They recognized that he had fulfilled up to that point everything that his master Abram had required of him, and his efforts were recognized as being from God. You read in that again, Laban and Bethuel, seeing Eleazar, hearing the story, what did they say? This is from God. And beloved, as we serve God, as we continue the task, as we press on in our efforts, God has a way of of uh, 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 revealing to others that what we're doing is a God-given assignment. You don't always have to wear the banner. You don't always have to have the name tag. You don't always have to be in the limelight. Remember, 
most of our lives are everyday, routine, mundane thing, and then we have an explosion of supernatural where God answers prayers and divine impartations, and we have divine uh, uh, intersecting with people. And when that happens, people will recognize God on you. They'll recognize that you're a man, a woman, faithfully serving God, and uh, it'll be a sign to them, and it'll be an encouragement. Look, last thing I want to bring out is Eleazar, in the end, he finally brought the bride to the son through his words and efforts all in God's will. He finally brought the bride. My friends, we're not living this life just for us. We are Eleazar's in the house of God. And the Bible says that from the beginning of the world until now, God has assigned each of us divine tasks, works that he's prepared for us to do. We're to do our good works, according to Matthew, in such a way that men might see our good deeds and what? Give glory to God. Eleazar, he endured the mundane things. He endured all opposition. He went out fearlessly, faithfully, executing day by day, step by step, and knew and looked for and prayed for, and, and he discerned all these blessings of God, and the answers were coming to him from God. And and it brought him to success. He was able to bring Rebecca back to the master's house and given the bride to the son, Isaac. Oh, what a glorious story that is. Beloved, as we serve the Lord, we are to be serving the Lord to reach others. If you say today, I'm a believer, but you you can't recall the last time you shared the gospel with someone. You can't recall the last time you prayed for someone. You can't remember the last time you uh, led some, someone to Christ. You can't tell, tell us today, when's the last time you actually discipled someone? These aren't just things to do. These are the mission. This is the call. Our Father God, living in His house, has given us assignments, and these assignments have to be executed with such faithfulness through the mundanes of life, filled with prayer, filled with humility, and yet In the end, Eleazar shows us the example that faithfulness will bring us to a place of success, not for us, but where we're able to bring to God souls that we've led to Him. We've brought bride of Christ. The church of Jesus Christ has been expanded through our faithful efforts. I know that you have a heart to be faithful. I know that you long to please uh, our Master, and I want to encourage you today that no matter where you're at, you could just say a prayer. And whatever that prayer is, some need to pray a prayer of repentance, uh, that, Lord, I've not been faithful. I've gotten sidelined. I've gotten sidetracked. I'm consuming things upon my own uh, life. Redirect me. Reestablish me. Others, you're being faithful, but, you know, you've lost the feeling, the feeling of success, the the feeling of achievement, because uh, some of those uh, achievements and successes seem to be spread far apart. Oh, today, a prayer. Continue to strengthen me, O Lord, to be faithful and to look uh, into your face and not always to count my success uh, as uh, validation. Just be a humble servant. And some of you today may be a prayer to say, Lord, I'm not even given much thought as to what my assignment would be, but I am in your house. I, I do love you, but I need to be busy for the master. I need to occupy into the kingdom business until you come 
So would you show me today, what is my task? How can I do it? And of course, the Bible is your greatest uh, word from God. Uh, Again, I I come back to this so much, you've got to go to the word. I brought you today from the Bible, from the book of Genesis, the uh, example of the servant Eleazar and how faithfulness led him to be approved by God, be approved by his uh, master Abraham, where all uh, that Abraham owned, all his possessions were in the hands of Eleazar. My friend, God wants to use you today in a, in a, a supernatural way, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you remain faithful unto the end. Amen. Amen. 